Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Toolbox. My name is Laquita Monley, and I'd like to take the time to give each of you a very special welcome to the show today. I'm excited that you all have joined us, and it is my desire that you will be blessed with tools that will help you grow as an entrepreneur, as well as tools that you will find valuable for your own personal growth and development. Today's show is sponsored by Covenant Press. We all know the importance of how we represent ourselves. The things we say and the things we do influence the people around us. It's all about the message we are sending, including the things that we wear. Christians can be more aware of the message we bring to others in their clothing with Covenant Press. Covenant Press is a faith-based Christian apparel and accessory store that is fearfully and wonderfully made. If you want to wear the message of Christ and Christianity, then go to their website at covenantpress.com. That's www.covenant-press.com. For the next 24 hours, you will get half off the purchase of $40 or more using discount code FAVORED at the checkout. Sign up and become a member to receive points for future purchases. Again, that's covenantpress.com, www.covenant-press.com to get half off your purchase of $40 or more using discount code FAVORED at the checkout. Tell your friends and family about covenantpress.com so we can all share the message. That's www.covenant-press.com. Welcome to Laquita's Toolbox, where we deliver relevant content in the form of tools that empower entrepreneurs to elevate personally and professionally. Good is only good until greater is envisioned. You know there's another level in you. Here we discuss the tools to get you there. Lean in as Laquita and her guests present you with strategies and insight for unlocking your full potential to realize your boldest dream. Author, uh, she was also named Georgia's Mother of the Year as well as the National Mother of the Year in 2020 by America's Mothers Inc. Dr. Holden, how are you this? How are you this afternoon? I tell you, you know what? I'm an ordained. Um, Pastor, so when you start doing the scripture and talking about the show, I'm like, I, you know, I'm like, she's trying to get it started, but I am well. <laughs> I am well. Thank you for having me. I love that. <laughs> it definitely, it is, it is definitely an honor to have you here. And it's just, it's truly when the Shumanite woman, that parable is one of my favorite, favorite parables. And when I first started following you on LinkedIn and learned more about your story, and I was like, God. She is a picture example of that story, like a real life right now today example of that story, because not that there probably were moments when you said, OK, you know what? I'm done, done, um, because I do believe that there in your story, there was a moment where you did check yourself into a facility. But to me, that's not even saying I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. Would have you know, you would have took your life. That says I'm done in my own strength. Mm -hmm. Let me let me go somewhere. And, and tap into a different type of string so I can go further. Okay. But yeah, 
She she's trying to start some church. We need some basket passing. Y'all here. She's trying to take it there already. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, I, you you already okay? She's serving us up. Um, the food is cooking. You know that Sunday dinner. Um, <laughs> you, you, but you know what? You you said something for me. Um, I was just listening to the other the other day, right fast. I guess forget it. Um, uh, I just love Sarah Jates Roberts. I think that's that's her last. And she, it was a sermon because I was in this place where I was like, okay, God. And it's interesting because sometimes when you're in in your story. You can't see what the people on the outside see. And so she had a sermon called, um, whether the thing was, it's a difference between starting from scratch and starting over. And so I started thinking, because I was in this place, you know, all of my kids are now grown. I'm like, well, God, is that all you have for me? Just raise kids? I mean, everybody's grown. And God gently said, daughter, that, that wasn't all. That's why you're a published author. That, that That's why... You have your doctor, your you know your former city council. You're not starting from scratch. Fourteen years ago, nobody knew you but the welfare office. God loved me so much. He said, after although while you was raising your children, now at the end of that cycle, the season you're walking into, you're just starting over, daughter. But you're starting over with abundance or walking out the storm that you didn't have before. So I, I tell you, I was like, oh my goodness. Sometimes we can't see what God has done in us because we're so we're so used to walking in the, you know, when you're walking in a storm, you can't see sometimes how dark it is around it or how or, or the, or the light that, that's right in front of you because you're so used to being in it. But God is so good. So I just want to already start off encouraging whoever's watching. If you have to, you might say, well, Dr. Holden, I'm about to go through a divorce or, uh, you know, and I ain't trying to take over the queen. Just stop me anytime because you started it and I'm just. You keep going. The floor is yours. The okay. floor is you yours. Know, okay. I'm just going to be led by the Lord. But somebody's watching and say, you know what? I'm trying to start over. I want to go back to school. I'm about to go through a divorce. I'm, I'm an empty nester. But the good thing is. You're not starting from scratch. See, God is so good. Now you can use the experience and the wisdom that you have when you go ahead and walk into this new season in your life. A lot of you guys are about to walk into a new season. And so I just want to bless you right now and just say you haven't seen your best days yet. So I'm going to start right there for we just look. look she got to start it, y'all. So I, I just had to go on in and, and let you know you haven't seen your best days yet. Oh, I don't know who else you're speaking to, but you're speaking to me. <laughs> you are speaking to me. You know? And um, our youngest son just graduated um, in May. Oh, awesome. so, mine's too cool. <laughs> we are, so we are brand new. Um, we're brand new empty nesters. And that was the conversation that me and my husband had leading up to uh, David's graduation. Mm -hmm. uh, we um, we have breakfast every weekend together and so he asked the question he said okay what's next like mm. what do we do now how are how are things working for us now mm -hmm. um what do we do and initially you know my feeling my flesh was in it's like what you talking about <laughs> <laughs> you know because for the entirety of our marriage we've had children we met when I was 15 and he was 17 back in 1992 and we've been together ever since. And oh, wow. 
we, we had our first child when I was in the 11th grade and, you know, the Lord has blessed us. Um, he blessed us along the way with some amazing people that were very key in us staying together as a couple um, and us uh, becoming better parents and, you know, just better people. Yeah. So he said that and I was like, you know, what you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and he said, no, no, listen to me, hear me out. <laughs> because the entirety of our marriage, we have had mm-hmm. children to raise. And so they fueled a lot of the, uh, the passion and the purpose behind everything mm-hmm. that we did, every obstacle that we overcame, whether it was a self-inflicted one or mm-hmm. one that the enemy put in the way, the the ability to overcome it came because we had to do it for the kids. And so mm-hmm. now he he just re- he retired from the military in 2017 and now he's working for the military but we have no kids in the house, right? Mm-hmm. New grandparents. And so that question was out there, you know, what do we do next? And for him, it was an issue. Now for me, I'm just be transparent. It was not an issue. It's not an issue. I am with you on that one. Yes. I'm getting David's stuff together. And, <laughs> and the older children are like, well, I didn't get that for graduation. It's okay, though. I love you. you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like mom and daddy couldn't do then what we can yeah. do now. Mm-hmm. And he the last one. So How many you know, of y'all guys have? Five. We have awesome. five children and five grandchildren. Okay, awesome. So I'm, what mom saw was that light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to travel. COVID not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. I have a whole plan mapped out. And being's very analytical and things have got to be just so. And this is the reason for this. And this is the reason for that. And so now one of his biggest reasons was missing. So when you were saying that, I just I automatically went back to that conversation that, that we had. Like, you know, we're not, there's not a new beginning. Like this is a a new start from a, a whole lot better foundation exactly. than what we had when we left home in 1996. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. And that right now, you know what? And that opened my eyes because, and that was the difference between starting from scratch. Like you said, years ago when we started from scratch, now we just starting over, you know, we started over though, like you said, with experience and wisdom and, and we know who we are now than we did, you know, especially for me, you know, so it's, I'm like, oh my goodness. So all six of my kids are now 18 and over and um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, it was a hard journey raising them, being homeless, but I, I, I just kept going. I, I got to say for the first time in my life, I'm actually proud of who I am and, and what I've done, you know, and because I started later, in life, so to speak. I just turned 49 in June. And, you know, and I was like, well, God, you know, most people my age have big houses, cars, and I'm just now coming out. But then I had to realize, you know what? You've done a lot though. Celebrate your journey. Celebrate because 14, just 14 years ago, nobody knew me, but the welfare office, we was homeless for four years in the streets of Atlanta from cars, shelters, abandoned house, scraping up money for hotels and it, it, it was a journey. And so at that time for me, I had to keep six kids from the school to prison pipeline, the drugs, the gangs, sex trafficking, running away. I had to pour into them. I didn't have, although I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, 
I didn't have family support. I guess when I dropped out of school in the 10th grade and had four kids by the time I was 22, I was viewed as the black sheep. But how many of you know when God sees you so much different than family and friends, God already knew. And then the more I look at my journey, had it not been for the journey, I wouldn't be, you, you know what I'm saying? I would, God wouldn't be giving me an experience to be interviewed around the world. Had it not been for the, the being homeless and knowing how to navigate with six kids and empowering and teaching them about the Sometimes we can't despise where we've been. Had it not been for that, who would you be? You know what I'm like? Oh my goodness. Had it not. So everything is necessary. Change is painful, but it's necessary. And so now I'm like, you know what? God, I thank you for allowing me to see all six of my kids as a single mom here in Atlanta, at 35 years old with a GED and very little work history and homeless. That was a lot. You know, you got to think about the average person is 35, <coughs> uneducated, you know, because I, I only had a 10th grade education at 35 years old. And my work, I was a stay at home mom most of my life. So here I am halfway to 40 and I'm at rock bottom, but only God can can start the, the process. But I always tell people, although God has the power to change your situation immediately, he did he I had to be, I still had to be a willing participant in my own deliverance. Mm. I can pray all night, I can cry all night, I can go to people and, and ask for advice every day, but until I got in the ring and started to fight. It was only then, and another thing, I'm, I'm just being led, so just stop me whenever. I'm, I'm the, the reason why people give up, because they don't see what they'll be at 10 years from now. See, what we want, we want to be, if God showed me right now, if I'm going to be successful, show me right now. If God showed you, if God had showed me 14 years ago with daughter, you're going to be homeless for four years with your kids, and you're going to feel like you're about to have a mental breakdown. No one is going to help you. You're going to be rejected so much. You're going to, you're going to feel like it was better off that you wasn't here. But if you hold on, daughter, in 14 years, see, that's what, that nothing happens overnight. That's why I tell you know this junk, we, we, we want this microwave stuff. But in 14 years, you'll be interviewed all around the world. You know, you, you, you'll make national history when, you became, when I became National Mother of the Year. And, and so for me, I had to learn how to appreciate the journey and trust the process, although it was definitely a, a very heavy one. Draw some nuggets right there. You have dropped some nuggets right there. We we have to participate yes. in our deliverance. We have to be a willing participant in every miracle that mm -hmm. we believe God for. It's just not even when the manna rained from heaven, the Israelites had to collect it properly. Oh. That you, it, it's not just going to come to you. You have to be willing and able to put the work in because of what faith without works is dead. It doesn't do you any good, like you said, to to pray and ask for the advice over and over and over again. Yeah. You got to put something with it. You, that's you. You know, and. and when I was homeless, it wasn't nothing planned out. What God would do to whoever's watching, if you find yourself in a dark place, and this is the personal, my, my company is called Phoenix Rising. I focus on three things within my company, leadership, personal development, and empowerment. Personal development is so key. Until you're able to face the man or woman in the mirror, 
Um, you can only go as far as you have developed yourself internally and personally. It's, it's no, that's why we have a lot of people um, that's been in the church for years and they probably some of the meanest people in the world. It's not about it, it. You got to do the work internally. One thing I did when we was homeless to save my six children um, by me being a poverty in living in poverty. I had a poverty mindset because I was like, you know, my life is over. I just I just had a very scarcity mindset. And to be honest, I just still some residue on that. You know, just because you're no longer in the situation does not mean that the residue is totally gone. So I still have to daily listen to self-love affirmations and 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 talk and you know and just really uh encourage myself like david did you got the you got to get to a place where you encourage yourself one thing i did i'm, I'm just so full i'm so full I, okay i'm just gonna go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead be free did, one thing i did to save my six children i didn't have, i did not have nothing material i didn't i'm not from corporate america Nonprofit, so I didn't have no money, no 401k, nothing. Here I am, a homeless woman, and I, and with all humility, I went to my sister. And at that time, I had two kids in high school, two kids in middle school, and two kids in elementary. And I was so embarrassed. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to them. But the only thing I have, I knew I was a servant leader from a little kid, and I said, well, I don't have a lot to offer you guys materially. So all I have to offer you is to love you unconditionally. And I want to show you guys how to serve. And they was like, what are you talking about? We don't have nothing, mama. How are we going to help somebody else? And that was the only key that I had was to teach my kids how to give back. I said, well, I believe if I could teach you guys how to serve now at our lowest, then I'd give you a strong foundation to build on to become great leaders. And so I got the newspaper clippings and, and I started doing, we did about four or five events in the community where I taught them how to give back. We were serving around the Hurricane Katrina time. And I put on several events for the people in the community who was, um, you know, in adverse situation, divorced, homeless, just people who felt like giving up. And to my surprise, although my kids complained and, and everything, you know, Cause they wanted stuff. They they was kids. They was teenagers. They wanted their hair done. Here I am talking about legacies. Cause at that time I was battling between legacy and suicide. I'm like, I'm no use to my kids. They're embarrassed. The, the girls can't keep their. I didn't have the stuff to get their hair done. The, you know. And but to my surprise, my oldest son came to me his senior year in high school. He said, "Mother, by what you showed me about service to others, my way of giving back is joining the United States Marine Corps." He served 10 and a half years. He's now medically retired and he just graduated with his associate's degree in business. Another son became a caretaker. My oldest daughter became an EMT, a licensed pharmacy tech, and she's about to graduate with her bachelor's. Another daughter joined the army three years ago and she graduated two years ago with her bachelor's. My 20 year old is a four time published author, youth speaker. I mean, <clears throat> youth speaker, spoken word artist, and she just released a tabletop game for children that she created. And my last child, his name is Omega. There's no more coming after Omega. He is the last and the end. I had to name him Omega. Omega just graduated from high school. And I tell you this, as a leader, I believe I've done my job. You know, a lot of times um, people seek opportunities to go do ministry abroad and in and, and other uh, places, countries, but for me, ministry starts at home. Then you go outward. 
Not that you can, you could be the best parent in the world. A kid still could do crazy, but at least you got to try to say those in your household first and then proceed. That's just my view on leadership. You know, everybody thinks different, but that's how I feel. That's what the true leadership starts. See, now you talk about, I done started church. Now, come on now. That's not, you about to make me shout and preach up in here. Okay. You know, um, my husband and I um, are ordained ministers and what you just said is something that I learned the hard way, mm-hmm. the hard way. Ministry starts at home. Yes. They tell you that it's said, mm-hmm. but that's not the expectation. Yeah. It's said, but it's not the expectation. And so um, while I was running around trying to find my purpose, my gift and my call, and all that jazz, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, you know, making sure I'm faithful <laughs> in this house that I'm serving in. I was busy neglecting the house that God had blessed me with, mm-hmm. and I did that for seven years. And mm-hmm. the eighth year, He allowed me, He graced me with a new beginning, and He took us away. Uh, my husband PCS and went to and. For those that don't know, that means the army moved us. Okay. I didn't didn't even know I got to The the army moved us from um, Texas to England. Oh. And my children, we we were visiting churches. And we sat down with them one Sunday. My husband said, okay, we're going to join this church. And I was in total agreement. I loved it. And we were talking to the kids about it, and they gave me a list of things. And they said, Mom, I love Jesus. We love Jesus. But these are the things that we don't like. Mm. And everything on that list related back to the amount of time that we were not giving to them. And we were not mm. placing them first. And we were placing other things first, especially the things that it took to make a church function. Mm-hmm. And he got we got that so out of order, and and you you hit the nail on the head when you said our first ministry, our most important ministry. I don't care whether you international or out of space; it don't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Your your primary ministry is in your home. That's it. It has to be in your home. And the well, I was reading about you teaching your children serve in leadership as you were going through the midst of your storm. Mm-hmm. And, and then to hear you say it, I can't imagine. Like I've been through some storms, but transparency, I don't believe at least it wasn't intentional. That yeah. I intentionally taught my children serve in leadership. They may have seen their mama do some stuff. Mm-hmm. I may have seen their dad do some stuff, but to say we had that conversation with them, especially in the midst of our storms, I can't, I honestly can't say that. Like that is, that takes a degree of strength that I don't think one could put words to, to say an inner strength that you had in a strong relationship with the Lord to follow that in obedience and say, okay, this is what God is laying on my heart. And in the midst of my storm, and I'm going to tell this to my kids. And, and the crazy part about it, I wasn't raised in a church. And, and this came from me. Um, I, I just knew that I had a moral duty, whether their fathers left or whatever situation. I had a moral duty first to try my best to liberate my family. And although at that time, I really didn't know what liberation looks like. 
I mean, I, I, I didn't know shoot. I didn't even, I couldn't even do it for myself at that time, but I knew I had a duty to at least try to keep my kids from falling by the wayside. And so I just gave them the only key that I had. And I was so humiliated because I'm like, oh, you know, when you got, when my kids see my family laughing at me and talking about me and nobody would help. It was, so the rejection, oh my goodness, the weight, the mental, the hardest thing about going through any trial is the mental shift. The mental shift was probably, it was worse than being homeless because now I'm God is trying to show me something, how he sees me and where he's taking me. And I'm like, uh-uh, because that hurt because I'm already being rejected. God, man, you want me to try to go out and do something so I can be more rejected? They laughing at me. I, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm getting beat down. And, and then I'm looking at my, I had 12 eyes watching me. And, I'm, and, and I came to a crossroad when we was in a board up house. We were living in a board up house as squatters. And I was pacing that board up house. I'm crying in the midnight hour. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I got to do something. How can I save my children? And I went back to the last place that I gave up. And that's when I dropped out in 10th grade. And I'm like, oh my goodness, me going back to school? What did that look like? And so I rolled in college at 35 years old, living in a board up house as squatters. And I just... I just started fighting my humanness to be honest. I really wanted to go somewhere high and I really wish that God, you know, I really wish that God just got a good person. I don't hurt nobody. I don't do nothing wrong. Can you just help me Lord? I'm just being honest, transparent. I didn't know what to do. What do a woman homeless with six kids with a GED at 35 years, three, at 35 years old. I didn't know what to do, but I just, I, I came to a crossroad. Crossroads are very powerful. You had a decision to make at that point. Do you run or do you fight? I'm a peacemaker by nature. I ain't never been in a fight in my life. But when I saw those 12 eyes watching me, I knew I had to do something to at least try to liberate my family. And when I went to uh, enrolled in college in, in 2007, that was the beginning. But I tell you, whoever's watching, I'm not going to say it was no hop, hop. Just, just go. No, no, no. The journey got so hard. As a pastor, I often pose the question, what happens when your struggle outlasts your strength? You see, we all can go through something for a couple of weeks, couple of days, even a couple of months. But what happens when you become the man or woman with the issue of blood or you become the man of for years? It's like, God, I'm, 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 God, I'm job searching for years. Nobody's hired. God, I'm, I, I'm trying to get over this divorce, but my heart still hurt, but it's years. What happens when your struggle outlasts your strength? My mind. Oh my goodness. And, and that's why I came, I came to a crossroad. I'm, I'm tired, God. I don't know what to do. I, God, I'm pushing on a road in college. I'm, I, 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 my family laughing at me. I called an auntie one day and I said, can we just sleep on your floor for one day? She's laughed at me. No, I don't. I, we don't have it. Okay. My sister had won a major loss. So can you give me $50 for a hotel? No, I ain't got it. No problem. Love you. Bless you. And I, and I just kept going. I got the phone. And I remember the struggle got so hard. I walked into a hospital here in Riverdale, Georgia. I told the lady at the desk, I said, ma'am, I can't do it no more. I know I was looking frazzled and I was not raised in the church. So I did not know God. She said, ma'am, are you saying you want to commit suicide? I said, yes, ma'am. I can't do this anymore. And they admitted me to the hospital for a week for observation. And on that floor, they had a padded room. And I, on that, at the, the lady at the desk on that floor, I said, ma'am, can I go into that room? She said, ma'am, you're no threat to anybody. I said, I know, but I need to go in there. 
It was in that room where I met God. I remember going in that room every day I was there for that week. I would drop down to my knees and I would cry out, God, are you there? Please help me. I don't have anything. I'm scared. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. And although my situation did not immediately change when they released me, I knew something was different. I felt it. I felt I wasn't alone. And I just remember matriculating through college with my associates, my BA, my MBA. But when I got accepted into the PhD program for leadership studies, now I did want to bungee jump up to heaven and high five my man. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I just wanted to, I, I just could not believe it. But halfway through my PhD program, let me tell you whoever you are, God does not need a GPS to locate you, to bless you. He is the GPS system. Come on now. Yeah. So I halfway into my PhD program, probably about a year, because I had been in school at this point 10 years. I got my MBA. I did a year in the Master of Divinity, and then I was led to go to get a doctorate in leadership studies. About a year into the program, I got called to the office. The dean of the program said, well, Latarsha, I got good news and bad news. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, the good news is you've been in school for 10 years. You got about 240 credit hours. Whatever you're trying to do, you could do it. He said, the bad news is because you've been in school for so long, you have exhausted your funds. You will not be able to finish the PhD program. I walked out the office with my head held down. I said, God, I was trying my best to go all the way, you know, and I, I, I feel like I failed you. Six months later, I get a call. I'm at the house salon. Call. Um, I was up on the hair dryer, and I remember the call. Dr. Carlton Davis, the phone rang. I said, hello. He said, can I speak to Dr. Holden? I said, well, sir, I had like a year or so left in the PhD program. I, I didn't complete it. He started, he chuckled a little. He said, Dr. Holden, this is Dr. Carlton Davis, president of G. Moore Theological Institute of America. Let me ask you a couple of questions before I tell you the reason for my call. He said, Dr. Holden, is it true that you led a family of seven out of homelessness and hopelessness. I said, yes, sir. He says, also true that you're now running for city council. I said, yes, sir. He says, also true that you're a published author. I said, yeah. he said, one more question. Is it also true that you taught your six children the principles of servant leadership? I said, yes, sir. He said, Dr. Holden, we're not giving you anything. Dr. Holden, you have become your own dissertation. He said, you have earned your doctorate. My God. You know, and I, I can't whip up on the dryer. My I God. and start praising God. He said, Dr. Holden, there's not a dissertation or a, a research paper that could have sufficed for the lived experience of a leader. You, you had did a year or so in the PhD program and you went back as a leader. First, you led your family out of homelessness. Now you're going back as a leader to run for city council to help the people in your community. He said, Dr. Holden, you have exemplified what leadership is. And at that time, he asked me, "Can I come to their own, to their graduation?" It was a it was an online school. I said, "No, sir," because I'm running for city council. And they mailed me my doctorate. And I tell you, I don't care what nobody said. God did that for me. They can say, "Well, that's," but most people say, "Well, Dr. Holden, I, I don't have nothing to say." The people who did do their dissertation, we we got our you respect, you know. But God does not need man's approval. Mm -mm to do what he's going to do in your life. He don't need man's approval. He don't need to sit with no board. He don't need to get no advisors. What do you think this person needs this? So whoever you are, just know that you're not too far gone. You're not across the world. Like God don't know where you're at. God knows how to locate you and present you with your blessings. And so for me, that right there, that that words, words for that, can, that, that just blessed me when God did that for me. 
you know, I, I didn't know these people. They didn't know me. I didn't reach out to nobody. But it just shows how much the, when you are following and being obedient to God, and God knows your heart. Mm. See, a lot of times people don't start making moves until they feel they got the titles. But are you serving before the titles come? Come on, I was now. Out there teaching my six kids about serving leadership while I was homeless. I was out there volunteering before people. Matter of fact, on one of the newspaper articles, and I have them, and I post them from time to time on social media. One of the newspaper articles said, Jonesboro woman helps the homeless. Didn't even say my name. Sometimes God wants to know, can you go and serve even when people don't know your name? Come on now. Go and serve when the world don't even know you yet. Are you waiting for me to promote you before you start serving? A lot of times we think it's our titles. But a true leader, a true leader will show you who they are. See, it's always easy to go and shine when you're doing well. But who are you when the rocks are, when, when you're in that deepness or the darkness or the belly of the well? Who are you when it's dark and nobody knows you? Can you still be who God called you to be when eyes are not on you? And when you're being faithful, that God will, you know what I tell people? I would rather be elevated by God over man in the day. Because when God elevates you, nobody can get the credit and say, if it wasn't for me, mm. he or he wouldn't be where she's at. Come on now. Come on now. Listen, listen, listen. You have blessed my whole life today. I know, I know, I know, I know. You have blessed the life of those that are li- that will listen to, listen to this podcast because you wrote your dissertation mm-hmm. through the life that you live. And you were living that life according to the purpose and the plan that God had for your life. Not with the objective exactly to become a doctor. Mm-mm. In leadership studies, I have a doctorate in leadership studies. When we do, you know, that that just it says so much. But the things that jump out to me in that is when we are pursuing purpose, mm. when we pursue purpose, the Lord has to provide for his purpose. So oh as goodness. long as we are doing what the Lord has called for us to do mm. in every area in your homes, with your children, with your significant others, in your business, when you're passionately pursuing purpose, simply that you can be pleasing, holy, and acceptable in his sight. Everything else that you need, he will bring it to you. You don't even know what's working behind the scenes for you. Like, you had no idea. You are not in the business getting your hair done. Yeah. <laughs> Six months later. <laughs> Six months later, minding your business, getting your hair done. Ooh. And the gentleman called you. And he addressed you properly. Yeah. You didn't even know it. I didn't know. I, 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 I corrected him. He just chuckled. And it, <laughs> no doubt. Because a man would tell you, and, and you gotta think a dissertation, you gotta so I started off in a PhD program, but I got my doctorate because the school wasn't. Uh, the the um, institute then give out PhDs. That's more of a research degree. A doctorate is more of a professional degree where you actually do live experiences and case studies, and you know. So that's what I was. I actually was like a live case study. And although I didn't write a physical dissertation, been homeless for four years, leading people out of homelessness, and and uh, that's about the length of a dissertation that would uh, you know to actually finish a PhD pro- or a doctorate program. And so I'm cool with that. Man don't have to agree with it. I, I God know God did that for me. 
you know, and that's what it is. You said something. I often tell people to chase purpose and not perfection. Had I waited for the right time to be perfect, I would have done nothing. To roll in college, living in a board of house at Squadron definitely was not the perfect time. Mm. Sometimes we got to chase purpose. Not sometimes. Every time, chase purpose and not perfection. One thing I want to encourage you guys, what I learned when you're on your personal development journey, is this. When you're chasing purpose, you have to put your blinders on. And when you put your blinders on, you're no longer worried about the running to your right or to the left. Your focus is running your race and getting to the end line so you can hear well done, that good and faithful sir. At that point, I had I I, I didn't worry about the, the the who's looking at me, who's laughing at me. I put my blinders on. I said, you know what? I realized they talked about me when I was homeless. They talked about me when I got a college degree. People are going to talk, but I guarantee you this. Most people that are doing the talking, your mom, dad, cousin, aunts, whoever. If you notice the people who do the most negative talk in your life are the people that are on the sideline. See, these people don't have the courage to get in the ring and fight. They're too scared to leave the poor. You'll rarely see a person that's making moves, that's about business, got the time to talk negativity into your life, down your dreams. So when you just start hearing the negativeness from people in your family and friends, just know, that, oh, they're too scared to get in the ring and fight. But you know what? I'm not going out like that. I'm going. Beyonce has a song. She has a song called I Was Here. And the nature of that song is when her time here is up, the world would know she was here. What are you doing today that when your time here is up, the world would know that you was here? And that's why I decided, so you know what? I'm already at the bottom. I'm already being laughed at. So I'm just going to be who I feel God called me to be as a servant leader. And so when I was home, I said, God, I made a vow. First, I made a vow to my six children that the streets were not going to raise them, nor the, nor the jails was going to house them. The second vow I made to God was, if you get me out of homelessness and hopelessness, I go back and fight for others. And that's how I ran for city council. You see, people of God, a lot of times when we're in those tough situations, we start bargaining with God. The thing is, when he delivered you, can you deliver back? A lot of times we forget God when he brought us out and we, you know, we think we're made it. No, no, no. I asked God if he delivered me and I and I put my head in the race. A lot of people, when we was on the forum, I've been interviewed. Dr. Ho, you're not worried because I was the underdog. I was the one that didn't know anybody. I was the homeless woman that came from the trenches and worked my way up. You're not scared that they're going to talk about you? I say, well, two things. My book is out. They can get that and, you know, and they can read and find out everything about me. But then it would show their character, who they are, because if you talk about the people you're going to serve, you talk about me, you talk about the people you're going to serve. Mm-hmm. You got to have the courage to be and keep the value made to God. If you say, God, help me. I start drinking. I start drinking. I'm going to do this. God would do just that. But please be a person of your word. See, that's how your character and integrity is, is being built. Are you a person of character and integrity only when the lights are on you? But the main thing, can you be that person even in the darkness? One thing my son said when I, in 2017, I got a call for him when I was running for city council. And you know, uh, Lakita, when, when your kids get grown, sometimes you'll hear from them every now and then. And he was stationed in Tennessee. And I, and I got a call. His voice was kind of serious. And I was like, do you need me? What's going on, son? He said, mother, would you do me the honors of coming to Tennessee and pin me at my ceremony to Staff Sergeant Holden? And I started to cry in the driveway because some of the residue was still left. And I said, son, I can't believe you called me. I thought you'd probably call my sisters or my mom or dad and he said, why would I call them? He said, had it not been for you, where will we be? 
He said, Mom, I heard you crying in the midnight hour, and I know people was laughing at you, and and and, and, and nobody would help her. He said, you could have did anything. You're a nice-looking woman. And he said, Mom, you didn't drink, you didn't drug, you didn't go to the street. You didn't give us up. He said, yes, ma'am, would you do me the honors coming to Tennessee and pin me to Staff Sergeant Holden? I tell you, that was one of the best phone yeah. calls I ever received in my life. My, 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 my. It's, it's a, it's a, it's all about the things that we that we do when we're passionately pursuing purpose, mm -hmm. the value that we bring. Coming, you know, bringing this conversation right back at the beginning of what you said, your ministry yes. started in your home yes. and how we serve those that God has blessed us with in the form of our children and the form of our husbands and our wives mm -hmm. uh, or your spouses. And if you are living at home with your parents or whoever is yeah. in your mm -hmm. house, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How are we serving them? How are we showing up for them? How are we reflecting Christ to them? Yes. And that speaks volumes, even when we think that they're not listening. You know, I know for growing up as a teenager, um, I know my grandma didn't think I was listening. To be honest, I didn't think I was listening because I was trying not to listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but walking in adulthood, in real yeah. adulthood, living a real adult life, those lessons come back and they're valuable. And I, I totally understand what your son meant when he said, like, why? Who else would I call? Mm. Like, who else poured into me so that mm. I can be who I am today. And that comes from your, your, your attitude of serving leadership and showing them what servant leadership look like. That's why they chose the professions that they chose. And they probably have a don't quit attitude. Like I've never met them, but they, yeah, they, do. they, they probably do. have a don't quit attitude. Like <laughs> they do. Oh my goodness. And, and you know, and I'll be, it, it, sometimes when they call a mom, my son's and he just got a social hey mom now i'm for the road to get my bachelor's i'm like man y'all trying to make me cry you know my my daughter when she joined the army three years ago my daughter when she wrote she became a four-time pub job author by the time she was 16. i'm like and and, and i want to talk right back because I, I i'm been if it's okay yes generational curse breakers god showed me that we are the, the, the one when you go through so much pain and rejection you are you are the chosen one you are the one that is chosen to break the generational curses that has been passed down through your bloodline the thing is when we give up we don't know who's all tied to us breaking them curses had i given up i don't even know where my six children would be and to further that point i also got the opportunity to see my nine-year-old grandson become a published author last year, right before Christmas. So now my children's children are walking in a blessing. That's why we cannot give up. I don't care if you got to crawl, crawl to the finish line, limp, cry. I, I tell you, my kids don't see me depressed. Don't see me up, down. Don't see me feeling like I can't go no further. And don't see people. They never saw me quit. So now they they call me, hey, mom, just enrolled this other program. They'll go get it. It was like, my son and Marines, he was like, I mean, it's like we when you was in our life, it's like um we had our own personal mentor walking side by side with us. How can you not? It's like with you been our mom, it's like, how can you not keep going? How can you know? And I just said, Wow, I said, you know what? That's that's what leadership is. Always find a way. 
I said, because the only thing that would matter at the end of our journey is what we did for someone else. Yes. I said, while I was homeless, I never saw you haul following a funeral procession line. Mm -hmm. That's okay to have nice things. Just don't let the nice things have you. Come on. You know, that's, it's okay. We all yeah. want nice things. The heavens, the streets are paved with gold. God don't mind. He said, I just don't want your heart to be where. See, when, when, when things have you, that's when you start working so much, you're neglecting your family. Mm. That, that that's that's when you're worshiping your cars and your houses because now you're starting to look down on other people. They, those things have you now. But when you can still go volunteer and be nice to your neighbor, be nice to a stranger and show kindness and compassion, that's when that's when you have focused your heart on the Lord. And it's all about because I tell you, when I was homeless, I started to see life differently. Nothing here lasts forever. Put your trust and heart into the things of God. Focus on him at the end of your journey. No one's going to talk about your car and your house. They're going to remember you for the person you were. Were you nice to your wife and husband? In my book, I just released last year, Leadership Principles. I share this with you. When I was, I used to be a former residential contractor. And the one, one of the preferred houses I went to, he was a doctor. And he said, well, he was a shop that I was the owner of the company. But we got to talk. And he said, well, it's interesting to meet you. He said, one thing I do when guys come to my house, if I need work done. I asked, can I meet your wife? He said, you can tell a lot about a person when you meet their spouse. Their spouse will let you know if they're a good person or a bad person. See, at the end of your journey, when the funeral is over, we all know people going to say the nice things at your funeral, but what are they really going to say when they go home? Are they really going to tell the truth? You know, Billy Bob, he was a low down old something, and Sister Mary, she really cheated with the guy. That, or are they going to say, that was a nice person? That was a person of integrity. I remember when I called with deep seekers where I was going through, they didn't share my business. Are you going to be remembered for who you really are? Or are you going to be the family gossip at the next, you know, when things calm down? Oh, that, oh, you know, live a life of character and integrity. They're going to outlive you way past when you're gone. My mind, I'm telling you, and that is the proverbial mic drop right there. Wow, <laughs> well, because it, it's so true that no you hauls follow a, a funeral procession and the conversation that they had after the repay exactly. That's, the real, that's who you really are, that's, that's who you are. really are. <laughs> after the repast is over, when the truth is told, when the truth is told, everybody's sitting around and had a cup, you know, a yeah. few. There you, you go. Know, <laughs> and everybody yeah. talking with the with the Sunday dinner. Yes. And you know that rascal owed me about $30. He talked to <laughs> you know, that's when, you know, so be a person of cause that's that's your legacy. Right, right, right. You know, that's different from an inheritance. Your legacy is who you are, who you yes. want to people. You know, so yeah, that's and that's why I teach my six kids. I just say when I, my time here is up, be a person of integrity and have character. That's gonna be your legacy. That's gonna awesome, awesome, awesome. Wow, Dr. Holden, you I'm telling you, I really, really, really love the fact that you accepted this invitation <laughs> to come to Laquita's toolbox. It was I, as you were speaking, I was thinking to myself, I missed the mark, Jesus. I should have asked her to come on um my Friday night live. Like, well, whenever you want me there, I'm there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we, we we definitely gonna have to have you on uh, on our on our Friday night. My Friday night live is called Walking in Purpose and Building Kingdom People. Oh um, my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah. That would have been good. 
Yes, yes, my goodness. But but listen, you guys, make sure you check the show notes. We will have all of Dr. Holden's contact information, her website, her social media profiles in the show notes so that you can connect to her and connect with uh, Phoenix Rising with her company um, that focuses on leadership development is just one of the many things that they focus on and go out to Amazon um, and you can find uh, the books that she's written there on Amazon as well as on her uh, Phoenix Rising website. But Dr. Holden, it has been a pleasure having you, hearing your story, the gems that you have been dropping in this podcast. I know that it blessed me and I know that it is blessing those that are hearing this podcast. Uh, to those who are listening to this podcast, if you'd like to be considered to become a guest uh, on Laquita's Toolbox, in the show notes, you'll see my contact information, which is podcast at LaquitaMondley.com. Send me an email. I'd like to hear from you and sh- uh, know more about you and your story and to have you on as a guest. If you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, thank you so much. I hope that you do love and support it by uh, going out and giving me a five-star review right there on Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast listening platform is. And even if you don't like it, I still want to hear from you. Write that review and tell me what you didn't like and what you think I could do to improve. Because again, this show is all about providing tools to help our listeners grow in every aspect of their life, whether it's in entrepreneurship or in personal growth and development. So I need your feedback to make sure that I'm doing the things that I endeavor to do. Well, Dr. Holden, is there one last thing you'd like to leave for the audience before I sign off? I just want to tell you to own your space. You deserve to be here just like the next person, the millionaires and every gift that you have, use it. One last thing, a lot of times people don't um, go after their gifts because they feel like it's not celebrity status. They're not the ballers, the singers, the dancers. But if you're the baker, you be the best baker, the janitor, whatever your gift is, do it with love and compassion and watch God multiply it 10 times over. Wow, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Until next time, this is Laquita Molly. This is the Laquita Toolbox Live Podcast. You guys have a very blessed day. This has been another amazing episode of Laquita's Toolbox. I'd like to thank you guys so much for the show today. I'd love to hear from you. We really want to get your feedback. I want to know if there's things on here that you love, and I do want to know if there's things on here that you don't love. So make sure to look in the show notes and find our calendar link as well as our email address because we want to hear from you. Go out to your favorite podcast listing platform and leave us a review. If you liked it, I want to hear from you. If you didn't like it, I really like your honest feedback on what we can do to make the show better. Again, if you liked it or if you didn't like it, we do want to hear from you. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. I'd also like to take this time once again to thank the sponsors of today's episode, and that's Covenant Press. Covenant Press is a faith-based Christian apparel and accessory store that is fearfully and wonderfully made. If you want to hear the message of Christ and Christianity, then go to their website at www 
www.covenant-press.com. For the next 24 hours, you will get half off the purchase of $40 or more using discount code FAVORED at the checkout. Sign up and become a member to receive points for future purchases. Again, that's covenantpress.com, www.covenant-press.com. To get half off your purchase of $40 or more, make sure you put FAVORED in that discount code at the checkout. Tell your friends and your family all about covenantpress.com so that we can all participate in sharing the message. Thank you guys so much again. This is Laquita Monley, and I pray that you have a blessed day.